What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. I have been really thinking a lot about how I have navigated closed doors in my life, in my education, in my ministry. And of course, you know, our inspiration comes from the word. And so I want to share uh, something with you in this episode that I hope will be helpful for you. Um, when I had finished undergrad or probably in my fourth or third or fourth, third year of undergrad at the University of Oregon, um, I was feeling like my time was up there. Like I had a lot of really awesome experiences and firsts and I had spent essentially every academic year and every summer there. I just felt like there was more in the world for me to do. So I decided I'm gonna change my major. I'm gonna graduate in four, which really wasn't four, it's more like five, because I went to summer school each of the summers. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna graduate in my fourth year and just figure life out, like move on to what's next. And I applied to a number of graduate schools because like a lot of young graduates, and I think this is sort of intensified over time, our thought is that, you know, if I don't know what I'm going to do next, I can always go to grad school. I can kind of continue this sort of lifestyle as an undergraduate, but, you know, benefit from funding from a different source. So I said, I'm going to go to grad school. So I applied to about five or six schools and, um, I didn't get accepted to any of them. And it was interesting to me because I had experienced, you know, the the beating of so many odds that I had felt in my mind that I was kind of incomparable. Like I could do this. Like this is, I mean, I've come this far, like with little resources, little support, like I can really do this. And um, I, um, I decided to, you know, I had to trust God because I, I couldn't stay an extra year because I had already, you know, graduated. And the Lord really did um, make a way for me and opened up doors for me. And I ended up being able to do stuff. But I, I, I thought a lot about, like, that gap year between undergrad and grad school when I worked and the impact that denial had on the way that I seen the world. Um, it was really a year of sort of wrestling between like wanting to go back to what I knew was comfortable uh, because there was no rejection there because I was so established. Um, So I wrestled with that, but I also like wrestled with like the beauty of the unknown had I opened my heart to accept the possibility that God could do more for me. And so I had to decide to apply for graduate school again, although um, the first season of applying for graduate school was not a success for me. Um, And 
it was a very difficult um, mental experience. And ultimately, I really handicapped myself when I doubted that what God was capable of doing. Because for me, I was crippled in a sense by a closed door that I had experienced the previous year. It reminds me of the story in the Bible where Jesus had died on the cross and he uh, was buried in the tomb. I think Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. He wasn't there. Uh, she ran along to tell them that his body was gone. And the disciples were very fearful about what was going to happen next, primarily because they had experienced their entire ministry, their livelihood was essentially in the shadow of Jesus, right? So anything that brought them fear or concern, anything that they were confused about, they had Jesus there during his ministry to comfort them, to share with them wisdom and guidance. And so they were without that because Jesus had died. So the Bible says that they were in a house contemplating what to do in fear with all of the doors locked. Okay. Now, this is going to be, you know how like when like you're, you, sometimes when I'm preaching, like I know, like I know the end of the story, but people who are listening probably are like, what is he talking about? So let me just preface what I'm getting ready to say or go into by saying that it'll make sense if you listen to the end. Okay. So, okay. Knocking on a door traditionally, I, I would say is a courtesy that a guest generally extends when they're visiting somewhere where they don't actually have authority to access without permission, right? So we don't, you don't just walk into somebody's house, you knock, right? Because you don't live there. It's, or you, you, you need entrance, you need permission to enter. Um, when you, when you knock on the door, what you're essentially doing is providing the person on the other side of the door the opportunity to determine whether they're going to open it or not, right? So you're giving that person the ability to say, this is a person that I want to let, I want to permit to be in my space. In the text that I referenced um, with the disciples, for them, the safety um, was in their mind inside of the door. But if you think about it, the safety that they had leaned on was outside of the door, right? Because Jesus was not in the house where they were because to, as far as they knew, Jesus was dead, right? So the safety is outside of the door. And Jesus, Jesus um, knows that because they are afraid, they might not even answer the door, right? Um, so the door where these disciples are is closed out of fear. The disciples essentially were crippled by their inability to control what was going to happen next without their savior, 
Jesus, I believe, uses this text to teach all of us a very important lesson that I think that sometimes when we're reading this text, we might miss. And that is that he doesn't need an open door to appear in order for his will to be accomplished. So the idea of a door and the idea of permission is essentially man-made. So in, in the text, Jesus eliminates the influence of doors to prove his sovereignty. He essentially communicates to us in this text that a door is nothing more than a formality. He, he, he communicates to us that a door is nothing more than a social construct or a temporary barrier. And he wants, so the Bible says that while they were there, the doors were locked, but Jesus appeared to them. In other words, Jesus, to accomplish his will in their lives, to prove that he had risen, went beyond the social construct of a door, the temporary barrier of a door, the formality of a door, to appear to people who were living and executing in fear because they, did, they would not have opened the door out of fear. So Jesus had to make the door obsolete. Hopefully you, 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 you get what I'm saying. So I believe that Jesus wants us to know that when we encounter a door, it does not mean that there is no access. I believe that Jesus wants us to know that a closed door is not a no. I really believe that. I believe that Jesus wants us to properly organize in our hearts and our minds what a closed door means. So Jesus makes sure that the door in this text is not only closed but locked because he doesn't need to use the door to be who he is and for his will to be accomplished in the lives of these disciples. And if you think about it, most of us have made our employers a door. We have made previous relationships a door. We have made mistakes that we have made in the past a door. We have made the affirmation of our parents and our pastor and people uh, in the community who lead us, we have made them the door. We sometimes can only see our abilities and our influence within the context of other people's permission for what we're able to access. And we are looking for the wrong people to provide us access. So in this text, Jesus proves that the door is obsolete when it is in the way of his will. And it's important for believers to know that if you have a door that stands between you and whatever God's promise is for you, 
The door is obsolete. Let me tell you something. The other day I declared, and I put this on Facebook, I declared that I will walk through a closed door. And I declared that because I'm looking at so many closed doors and I know that the word of the Lord over my life cannot be established if it means that I have to knock on the door to get permission to enter. And so I have to believe that the door is a necessary barrier, but it is obsolete in the eyes of God. So here's, here's how to walk through. Here's the mindset. I'm going to give you four things that I think you can think about when you are thinking about walking through a closed door. Number one, we have to focus on the sovereignty of God and not our own ability. We have to believe that even what we cannot do, what appears to be impossible to us, is nothing for God. His word says that he is the God of all flesh and that there is nothing impossible for him. Even the door that we have established, that we have given influence, that we have determined to be something that is not. The door is obsolete to God's sovereignty. Two, is that we cannot try to create our own access. Trying to go in the back door, the side door, trying to climb the roof. However God intends for you to have access, that is how you're going to have access. You don't have to try to create for yourself. You don't have to dig a tunnel. You don't have to make a way. And that's not faith. I think sometimes we believe that our faith um, having faith means going um, in front of God, um, but but really it, it can kind of sometimes be an absence of faith because we are, tr are, 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 are trying to circumvent the process that God sets in place. And he's like, I didn't tell you to do that, right? And so we have to have enough faith not to try to create our own access. Three is we have to wait for God's direction because the way that we think we will have access is might not even, might be so different than what God, you all, let me tell you, I know what I'm talking about because there have been things that I could not understand. There have been times when I was in the process of looking for a job and couldn't understand why I couldn't land an interview because the, I was also saying in my spiritual life, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to be. But then I was also trying to create my own path to for even professional success. And as I was trying to create my path for professional success, it was not, it was contrary to what God was doing. And I didn't realize it until later, until God opened a closed door or God allowed me to circumvent the door, right? So we have to wait for God's direction. And then finally, we can't move prematurely. You cannot move prematurely. Timing is everything. And sometimes we feel like we're losing time right? We feel like we're behind. We get caught up in a game of comparing ourselves to other people. And the reality is you cannot be behind if you are following God. You cannot be behind if you are following God. You cannot get behind if you are following God. You might feel behind. 
You might see other people passing you up, but I guarantee you, you cannot get behind if you are following God because God ultimately knows what his plan, his perfect plan is for you. And it is more than what you think it is. And so the Lord said that you can walk through a closed door, not only a closed door, but he can walk you through a closed and locked door, but it requires your faith in him. It requires subjecting your heart to him. It requires your yes being yes. And it requires ultimately you believing in the sovereignty of God. Let's say a word of prayer. God, we thank you that you have given us doors, but we thank you, God, that you also have made those doors obsolete to teach us that you are all powerful, that you are all knowing, that you are the God of all flesh. And for that, God, we thank you. So increase our faith to know that no matter what it looks like, you are in complete control and you love us. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.